eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, so that was a lot of fun. Um, I think that when you watch the Bears... On Thursday night, knowing they had the weekend off, you look forward to kind of – everybody watches the NFL through the prism of, of the team they're mo- around the most, right? So a very Chicago yeah. approach to the to week six. Packers losing should make the Bears feel a little bit more regretful about what happened in Lambeau. Vikings winning maybe similarly. Dan, bottom line is taking the North isn't the same – thing that it meant in August that it th- I think it means today. This is a division that if the Bears could get their act together, it would be there for the taking. Well, you said the word regretful and my first thought was hopeful, right? Like this this, this should be something that Bears fans are celebrating because Aaron Rodgers does not look like Aaron Rodgers. He's got a lot of things going wrong around him, right? As all Chicago Bears fans know, if the quarterback doesn't have proper uh, support from the receiving core in the offensive line, things are going to look a little bit rougher. But David, I was astounded on Sunday afternoon, even with that game sort of starting in a driving rainstorm, that the Packers never found their footing. We're so used to the Packers coming off a rough loss or a rough stretch. And, and getting back into Lambeau Field and having one of those days where there's just some point in some quarter where they just hit for 20 points, right? And it's just boom, 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 boom. Rodgers is in full command. They're they're playing the polka. They're doing all the other stuff at Lambeau Field. Guys are jumping in the stands, and you're just like, yeah, that's the Packers. Against the Jets of all opponents at home, they couldn't get it going. They couldn't find it at any point in that game, and the game ends with Jordan Love taking the final drive and not and failing nonetheless because the Packers are down 17 points and Rodgers has taken such a beating and he's got problems with his hand and he's gotten hit at the end of the first half. And you just looked at it and you go, wow, you know, never with guys like Rodgers, Brady, et cetera, do you, do you send out the, you know, the, the wake invitation early, right? Like, so no, by no means am I proclaiming that the Packers are done here, but there was certainly evidence there that there's not much left Right. And maybe I'll be wrong come late January with this conversation. But you go, whoa, that does not look like a championship contending team right now. And if that's the case and the doors are opening wide in the division, then you now have to have some hopefulness and some urgency to get your stuff going because the window may be wide open soon. Because the offense looks like it's struggling. The defense needed to be great. And it's been only good. And I know that's a subtlety, but that that's a big difference. And I just don't know if you feel like the, the gap is – uh, as far away as it once seemed, if you can do certain things. And I think almost while, how it affects the thing, thought process at Hallis, 
I do wonder, Dan, not necessarily if that would make them more impatient. I think it might make them more patient to wait for something to happen with Justin Fields because, as we know, if you change quarterbacks and give up prematurely on this guy at the end of this season, yeah. you are setting yourself back a couple years at least. You're going I, back to the starting line. You're going back to reset. You're starting all over again. And I think that you may be able to talk yourself into some, some things. And it's just it's something to keep an eye on. The other thing I wanted to ask you about was obviously the comparisons during Giants week were always to Brian Dable, yeah. you know, Shane, the, the regimes, the mirror images as we referred to them at the time. Do you think Brian Dable gave the Bears a good, long, hard look in retrospect or vice versa? I guess what I'm asking, worst case scenario, did he look at Justin Fields and think, I don't want any part of that, and he's going to go to the Giants where he felt like it was a more complete roster? He had at least a special player in Barkley. I don't know. I'm just asking this because the as much success of that as that tandem has had early on, I have to wonder why he didn't get more consideration in Chicago. Well, I would say this, David. I would say that that in January, if you were talking to folks around the league and you say, who would you rather take a swing on? Would you rather jump into a job with Justin Fields or jump into a job with Daniel Jones? I think most people would say, man, there's a lot to be canalized with in Justin Fields. Let's at least take a, a swing at that. And in and, and any position like that, if you're a head coach, you're going to get a chance to to correct the guy that's there. And then ultimately, if it doesn't work out, you say he wasn't our guy and you get to choose another one. Right. And so I don't know uh, why Brian Dable would have been more enticed by the New York opportunity than he would have been by Chicago. As we talked about during Giants week, I just think that there were there were very legitimate questions to be asked, like you just did, on on why did the Bears not give him more consideration, given his most recent track record with helping the Bills go to where they've gone to now. And now, obviously, you see the early returns in New York, and you go, wow, that team is is really playing with a level of execution and belief that is to be taken taken attention of, right? Like, you need to pay attention to the Giants right now. And, and look, like, again, we're not going to prematurely crown anyone, but certainly Brian Dable's off to a great start. And, and, and your guy, Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota, in a similar regard as in the conversation to take in the North, look what the Vikings have done to get started here. They are a legitimate division championship contender right now, and their schedule will get harder and they'll have more, more uh, obstacles to avoid. But my goodness, like they are now in the driver's seat of the division and they have to, to, to continue playing that way. I find that easier to understand because of the weaponry that they have and the yeah. talent that exists on that roster. No doubt. For, for whatever reason, Mike Zimmer began to get tuned out in Minnesota, and there's a lot that goes into that. But it's a, it's going to be a division that may unfold, and that race may unfold, not, un, not, not in a way that we expected. All right, the other thing, Dan, is, okay, so Bears-related, back to the practice field, uh, some things to take care of. Any injury situations that Bear monitoring this week and Keel Harry – maybe back in the mix. Uh, what do you expect uh, briefly at Hallis Hall? Look, I would expect Nikhil Harry to have some form of role. I don't think it's going to be a huge role going into this Monday night game against the Patriots, but we've established now that this receiving core needs help. They need guys that Justin can look at and say, I'm going to take a shot here and give him a, a 50-50 ball that he can go win. And so you would expect Nikhil Harry to be on the field and capable of catching a couple of passes on Monday night. Uh, I think we're going to be very interested to see what the injury report looks like this week. It'll be Thursday afternoon, not until uh, late Thursday that we'll get that with the Monday night game. But, you know, how f healthy and fresh are the Bears after the long bye and after what was a, a pretty 
brutal performance against the commanders, both in performance and and just the the physical extent of it, right? Like Justin was taking shots left and right. You know, you had two uh, interior offensive linemen leave the game for a few snaps because they needed to get worked on a little bit. So there's a lot to to keep an eye on with this injury report. And then more than anything, this week to me is hearing from Matt Eberflus and his staff about the the changes they considered and the changes they ultimately enacted, because I think there was a level of determination last Friday to say, let's look at this really hard and see what kind of changes and corrections we can make to try to get back on the right track. Now they owe us an explanation for what they did and why they did it. Bullet points that I'm looking for the next time or what we'll talk about when we get back together at the end of the week. Number one, who's the left tackle? Braxton Jones did not have a good night against the commanders. I'm curious to know if they will address that. Who's the center? Is Lucas Patrick healthy enough to snap the ball? Let's wait and see. What do they do at receiver? And Keel Harry uh, might be in with Smith Marset. Would he be out? What's he here for? Right. Um, and the other thing, Valus Jones. Valus how will they, yeah. What will they do with Valus Jones as the punt returner? Dante Pettis is there. And then Dan, what I want to talk about Friday too. It doesn't have a lot to do with good news with the Bears, but it is historic on Monday night. Bill Belichick will have a chance with the victory to pass George Hallis. And that is no small thing when you're talking about what that means, not only to the NFL, but in New England, but also with the Chicago Bears. Think we can get Belichick on the pod for a little while to talk about that milestone? Hey, you got Rich Campbell. Why can't you get <laughs> Bill Belichick? I mean, both guys are kind of in the same stature, you know, inaccessible. But, hey, I thought Rich was uh, was pretty good for a guy that usually doesn't have a very good sense of humor. One last note for you. No doubt about that. I spent a lot of time with Rich over uh, over over the years and still do on occasion. But uh, one last little note from my weekend. I, I was out at a uh, Glenview AYSO Youth House League soccer tournament, and I'm getting ready for the first game of that soccer tournament. My, my nine-year-old son is playing, and I see a familiar face ride up on a bike and, and prop up his bike against one of the goals on the north side of the, the park. I look up. It's George McCaskey. Chicago Bears chairman George McCaskey there to officiate the Glenview AYSO tournament. Uh, he came walking down the sideline. And I said, George, George. Oh, hello. What are you doing here? And I said, what am I doing here? I've got a nine-year-old kid playing in the game. What are you doing here? For those who don't know, George still is active as an umpire and a soccer official in, in youth sports around the area. And he made his appearance Sunday in my son's uh, youth soccer tournament, actually refereed the second game uh, of, of my son's uh, day. And my, my son scored a late goal to tie it with only a matter of seconds left, David. And I, I pulled George over after I said, I said, look, like you're the official timekeeper there. Did you le- keep a couple extra seconds on there so that we could get the equalizer? And he said, you can never stop a player on a breakaway. <laughs> but I think we had a timer on our sideline. It was, it was a goal scored with about 20 seconds left, but it was a, it was a cool moment. And there were a lot of parents there who were like, is this, is this really the Bears chairman uh, uh, officiating these soccer games here? And uh, indeed it was. And so a, a thrill for some of the folks in the, the Glenview, Glenview AYSO. I don't know if I'm violating a, a, a confidence in revealing that, but George was out there. So it's a, you know, it's a, a public he does, event. 